Welcome, welcome back. It's episode three of my podcast, Voices of Hastings, and I've got a question for you. What do preserved lemons, dialed in coffee, and America ground all have in common? Or what about saffron, chai tea, and pedenko dogs? Yes, you've probably guessed. They all feature in this week's third episode of my podcast, Voices of Hastings. So, come on, join me, Deirdre O'Connell, this week as I mooch around Hastings, getting recipes from a couple of locals and having a good bit of chit-chat along the way. So, please like, share, review if you enjoy this episode and if you subscribe, you'll get a wee message to let you know when the next episode is on its way. And there's plenty more recipes, plenty more chit-chat to follow. Now, as per usual, there is a bit of background noise. But as we all know, that is part and parcel of Hastings these days. It's becoming a very busy spot. And I'm beginning to realise that it's a bit of a nightmare when you're trying to make these podcasts. Anyway, without further ado... Let's introduce you to our first local, and that's Nadia of Falafel and More. And she can be found right in the town centre. Just watch out for that wee green truck and the smells of Moroccan home cooking. Hello, Nadia. Hello. How are you doing this morning? Good, thank you. We're sat here at Café Mocha which is uh, the top Cambridge Road, isn't that right? Yes. And we have come to have a little chat. Uh, You're going to give us a recipe this morning, aren't you? Yes. Because your business is called... Falafel and More. Falafel and More. And where are you based again? In town centre. I'm next to Jimson. Okay. In a green trailer, my (laughs) green trailer. (laughs) I love that little green trailer of yours. I love it too. (laughs) <laughs> and how long have you been there? Uh, nearly two years. Okay, yeah. so you've got Jemsons beside you. Yes. You've got Havelock Road running yes. alongside. Yes. So tell me, you specialise in gorgeous, I'm a customer, so I love your Moroccan food. Thank you. And what recipe are you going to share with us today? I'm going to share with you today... Uh, um, a national and traditional Moroccan dish, which is chicken tagine with Ooh, olives. Lovely. Yeah. And um, let's start. I've never cooked a tagine before. Yeah, is it's it tra- easy. Easy. Is yeah. it traditionally Moroccan? Is yes, it- it's a national and traditional Moroccan okay. dish. Yeah. You yeah. S- yes, you, mm-hmm. you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, first, at a medium heat, drizzle some olive oil in a large pot okay and add one large onion or two small onions with uh, four garlic cloves chopped finely so uh, crush a pinch of saffron treads and uh, saffron yes right now i've never cooked with saffron it's very expensive (coughs) it's very nice and very expensive is it is it a vegetable yes it's a flower okay inside inside the flower the little yeah. threads. Yes, the little threads. Okay. Uh, the stick, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's no. very nice. Very it's tasty. Right. Spicy? Not spicy, but tasty. It's unique. The okay. taste is unique. And does it give a color? Yes. Okay. Yes. And a 
it's a yellow color but That's with the taste it's very nice you need to try it okay yeah so uh, we add the, the spices mm -hmm. ground ginger ground black pepper ground turmeric and one tablespoon of harissa sauce Ooh. it's spicy and uh, a little bit of salt okay can i just do you make your harissa sauce or you yeah it's not the process is very long so yeah we buy it or when we can make it yeah okay it's a chili anyway it's a chili paste it's, it's a chili okay. paste so and uh, we add a little bit of salt it's a little bit why just a little because we need to be careful with salt we will add a preserved lemon already salty so is a preserved lemon like a pickled it's a pickled lemon it's um it take a long process do you preserve them yes okay. yes it's easy to do that but it's take a long time to be ready from three to six months okay so it yeah. is like pickling yeah it's pickling okay. yeah so you mix uh, all together and cook for 10 minutes uh, add chopped coriander and parsley and one small preserved lemon okay again in, again not cut it in four pieces okay. yeah and mix well add the chicken in the onion mixture turn it many times so the chicken is it is it sliced you can use the whole chicken whole chicken or uh, pieces so you you turn it many times to get uh, all the flavors it's um, after that add two cups of water cover the pot and cook for like 20 minutes okay. of the chicken size of the chicken okay uh, from time to time turn the chicken and check that there is enough water in the pot mm -hmm. when the chicken is cooked when you you see that you feel, when you see that uh, the chicken is cooked add some green olives and cook till the sauce or the gravy is reduced okay so green olives yes green olives now, uh, again that's a bit unusual for in morocco we have green olives and red olives and we use them in in tagines here in uk because we can't always found the, the the red olives i've never the had red, red yeah, olives it's very very tasty so we use uh, green olives so yeah. are red olives different to black yes yes in yeah. taste in taste yeah so and that's it and that's it yeah <laughs> yeah it's ready so it, so it is a really easy yeah it's easy to do so the, it's called tagine yes and that's the actual what the dish is called the dish is called tagine because we we cooked the chicken in a, a pot traditional pot pot it's kind of pyramid in shape yes, tall yes it's yeah. two pieces yeah the pot and the, the lid and that's and called tagine, tagine yeah. also yes but if you don't have that and people don't need to invest in that you can cook it in a pot in a large pan with lid you know and so do you serve this uh, in your business falafel and more sometimes in a winter I oh. do stew the tagine chicken and the do you uh, sell in your in your 
green truck. Okay, so I'm selling falafel. Right, yeah. They can in a, in a wrap or in a box. Grilled halloumi. Lovely. And um, what's your most popular? What's your best seller? My best seller is uh, absolutely falafel. <laughs> I'm known as a falafel lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. your falafels. Yes. Proud of myself because I did the mix, the spice mix. I make it myself, so yeah. And so that's what gives it its special, unique. Unique, yeah. I have my, my own mixed spice, so I'm, I'm really proud. I'm happy that, uh, proud of myself and happy that people like that. I absolutely love it. And I love your hummus. Yeah. You make that as well. Yes. And I absolutely love your baklava. <laughs> I shouldn't, but I do. Baklava and the other the other biscuits are very nice. It's they we make them with only almonds, you know, with nuts. Quite healthy. It's they are healthy, and they, there is a not a not a lot of fat. Yeah. So, yeah. Apart from good good fat, yeah. is there sugar? There must be a bit of sugar in yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what is the secret, or are there any secrets to Moroccan uh, cooking? The only secret is love. <laughs> yes, we, we make everything with love. The only secret is that. That is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so you love cooking? Yes. I think all Moroccan women love cooking. Mm -hmm. And. Do you have any plans for your business going forward? So you've been here in your green truck for two years. Yes. And going forward? I'm looking for a shop to move in a shop. Okay. In a small coffee shop. Just to do a big menu. Okay, yeah. lovely. More pastries, more tagines, mm -hmm. and the breakfast. Lovely. Yeah. And in the past, have you worked in other places around Hastings? I pop up. Yeah, yeah. I pop up in a lovely place. It's a homegrown kitchen. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. And people love that. And did that work out well? Yeah, yeah. yeah and the owners are two lovely ladies. Okay. Yeah. Well, have you, uh, to finish up, have you got a Moroccan like blessing? For the food and. Uh, not only for the food, as a Muslim, before eating, we need to say Bismillah, which means in name of God, Allah. Say the, say the blessing again. Bismillah. Bismillah. Thank Nadia, you. thank you very much for sharing that recipe with us this morning. Yeah, thank you for welcoming me in your podcast. Thank you very much, Nadia. Um, shukran. <laughs> shukran. Yes. Thank you, in oh, Arabic. In Arabic. Before we finish, you, you let slip or let drop that you speak five languages. Yes, uh, so my English is not really well, I'm trying to improve my English, but I speak French, Arabic, Italian, Spanish, and a little bit of English. Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> Nadia, thank you very much. You're and welcome. I'll catch you for your falafels later in the You're week. You're very welcome. It was 
really great to be sat there with Nadia at the edge of a busy Hastings Road on a crisp, sunny September morning, listening to her talk so lovingly about the cooking of her home country. Traffic was whizzing past as we sat outside Café Maca, but it was it was the sound of chicken sizzling, uh, the smell of the onions she was talking about frying, and the imagined taste of that saffron that I was really interested in. As Nadia talked me through her chicken tagine recipe, I was thinking, ooh, if only I could taste this for real. So I was just listening uh, to the radio this morning and Jay Rayner and his Saturday morning programme, The Kitchen Cabinet, was on. And one of the things they brought up was saffron and why it was so expensive. So apparently it's from the crocus flower and it has just three very delicate uh, stigma. Uh, Everything is done by hand. It's harvested, processed by hand. And the panel recommended that when you're using it in your cooking to grind it with a tiny bit of sugar. They didn't say why, but nobody mentioned what the taste or the flavour was. So I guess Nadia must be right. It, It must be very unique and very unusual. I have tasted Nadia's cooking and I'm not surprised that love is the secret ingredient. To watch her bustle about her green truck preparing her food is a real treat. I'd like to thank you, Nadia, or Falafel Lady, for bringing some much appreciated Moroccan flavour to my lunches. And now for something very different. Here's a stew of Stooge Coffee Shop. We're sat here outside your lovely coffee shop, which is called Stooge. What is it called? Stooge Coffee. Stooge Coffee, and you've got Speciality Coffee Shop. Mm. Where did you get that name, Stooge? Well, it's kind of a bit of a pun. So, my name's Stu, obviously, so where I come from in Suffolk, people would call me Stu, (laughs) with the accent. (laughs) Um, So, sort of that, but then also a pun on that, and then... I'm a big fan of Iggy and the Stooges. In in the in old school comedy, you would always have a Stooge that would be the sort of the fall guy. You know, it would be a setup. We felt like that was that was a fun thing to kind of play. <laughs> so your your name is is Stuart. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Stuart. Okay. <laughs> um, and so you're here in America Grand. Mm. I really love it here. Mm. It's yeah. gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's a really nice. Room. And it's a funny, it's got a funny little bit of history. As far as we know, so that it, there were some storms a long time ago that threw up a lot of shingle and suddenly there was some land and people started to, to you know, inhabit it and live on it and build little houses and, you know, but there was no, there, there were no taxes at that time on that, the, the, the king, I think. Yeah. Tried to, yeah, tried to tax the land. They basically didn't fancy that and in the kind of true spirit of Hastings kind of independent thinking slightly (laughs) decided to try and um, declare independence as as an independent you know state of America it's it's a great story yeah it's great yeah it probably didn't last too long no I'd say the king probably got his wicked way (laughs) 
So listen, you're going to um, share a recipe, or I don't know if it's a recipe, but something that you do in the in the shop, in the coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, we make cold brew coffee. Cold brew coffee. Now, I've yeah. never heard of this before. Have you tried it? No, I haven't, actually. Yeah, it's delicious. So basically, what we do is we really coarsely grind about 80 grams of coffee, and then we immerse that in a litre of water overnight in, in the fridge. And then, and it's as simple as that, but you've got to be able to find the right coffee. Uh, so we, we buy our coffee from pharmacy roasters who are based in Lewis now. In Lewis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so when we started, we, I wanted to keep things as local as possible, and they, they're, they're a really great roastery. And you know they're in Sussex, so mm. they used to be in Hove, but now they've just recently moved to Lewis. So they they have a selection of coffees, and they they what what they do is they roast different um, different origins, single origins, for specifically for either espresso or filter roast. So filter roast is a bit lighter, a bit fruitier. It's got a little bit more going on. It's a bit more like wine, I suppose, in its sort of tasting notes and. Language to describe it, um, so we we take that coffee and then we we brew it yeah, overnight in the fridge. Um, and what that does is that, so when you're normally brewing coffee, you're always using heat. So the thing with that is it's very fast, especially for espresso. But you can extract various flavours from the bean, uh, which could be either sour or bitter. So you're always battling that in hot coffee, whereas in cold brew coffee, you, you tend not to have any of that. So you get really smooth, beautifully well-balanced cold coffee um, that tastes almost like tea, like a coffee-flavoured tea um, with lots of fruit. So it's quite different mm, then. Very different, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I did read up a little bit. Is it supposed to be like, is it has health benefits? I don't know about the health benefits. As, as I mean, apart from the fact that coffee is good for you. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you sound to me like a fellow who really loves coffee. Do you kind of change what your favourite coffee is? I really like the I like the filter side of coffee. So sort of brewing, sort of hand poured filter, um, sort of each per cup. I love the espresso as well, but I, I drink coffee black, and um, I think it's best uh, with just as a, as a pour over. So you don't you don't drink espresso personally yourself? I'll try it because we have to when we're in the shop every day. We, we change the coffee and then we'll we'll dial it in as it's called, and then you know to taste it. Yeah, to, to know it's working, you've got to taste it. So do you really change the coffee every day? Yeah, different bean every day, depending on. Crikey. What we have, or, or how we feel, or what the weather's like. Yeah, yeah, if it's a sunny day, we might go for something light and fruity, and if it's god awful, we'll, we'll we'll put something heavy and you know maybe Brazilian or something like you know with a lot of, lot of chocolate and oh. base notes that kind of stuff. So we can be looking forward to that over the, <laughs> over the winter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you you source all of this from the pharmacy, yep, um, and they then source it globally. Yeah, well, they use two or three importers. Um, they use Falcon Speciality, they're also based in Lewis, um, sourced directly either through a, a cooperative at the, in the country of origin or directly from the farmer. Um, so you can basically, you can track it back to, to where it's grown and it's fully transparent and, and ethical. And that's, for us, that's really important. 
How, how long have you been here? Uh, four years. Four years. How is it all going? Yeah, are you going to show me more? The last year and a half has been a bit tricky. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you really improvised here with the outdoor seating yeah. along the church wall. I mean, yeah. it's the really are, yeah, well, characterful. The church, <laughs> perch on the church, we call it. <laughs> but they, we spoke to the people in the church and they were more than happy for us to, to kind of populate their wall and we had to really improvise and do something because you know we couldn't have people in obviously and no. so it had to be outside and we back in the day we would have a couple of chairs outside the front of the shop but that didn't really leave enough room quite busy here isn't it, can it? Be. it can as be. you can hear from all the traffic oh uh, yeah <laughs> so i mean i love your coffee but what i love even more than your coffee is the chai tea yeah we tell you about the yeah, go yeah. on, no, because I, I do love it. You know, yeah, yeah. So well, when we first started, we we used to use um, a chai that was pre-mixed from a company called Prana Chai. And then we changed our, we changed our tea supplier. Um, in, between, in between times, we actually made our own chai um, with some Assam and various spices. And, Which was delicious. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, yeah. And so now this we, too is also delicious. This, I'm drinking a cup <laughs> as we speak. Well, this is so we now source it from uh, a company called Postcard Teas. Uh, they're based in London, um, and this one is an Indian Assam, new Assam, mixed with spices like uh, ginger and um, cloves, cinnamon, green cardamom. Um, Just off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, not reading it off my <laughs> phone at all. And so we sweeten it slightly with a bit of agave. Yes. And then. Just a, just a touch, uh, and then on the top we grate some, some nutmeg. Lovely. Yeah, and it's again, it's fairly simple. Um, just steamed in some oat milk, maybe. <laughs> um, um, and let it steep for a little while and, um, and strain it. Yeah, there you go. Very good. What plans do you have for the future of your business? Because I know you have a new uh, team member. We do. All the way yeah. from Spain. <laughs> We've got two team members. Yeah. Oh, four-legged variety. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We've got a couple of shop dogs. Oh, they are. That we, that we um, adopted from a rescue centre. A rescue centre in Spain. In Spain, southeast Spain, Almeria. Yeah. Um, so they came over about three months ago, four months ago. Greyhounds? No, they're pedencos. So Oof. they're hunting. They're Spanish hunting dogs. Okay. Yeah. That unusual. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of them in Spain, though, and you know the. If you read up about it, you, can, you can't see that they're fairly mistreated, no. can be mistreated. One or two were picked up on the streets of a small town in Amoria and with their mum and all their siblings, and they were taken to the centre, to the sort of rescue centre, I think when they were about two, three weeks old. And so the street dogs, really. And, they, and you got them through a charity? Through an organisation called Paws Patas, and they work with Dog, Yoshi, uh, Dog Watch UK. So you have one. Is, am I yeah. correct? You have one and then Danielle? Danielle, yeah. So we, we took them both in and they lived with us originally and then gradually uh, one went to stay with Danielle. And, yeah. It's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so it's, we sort of, there's a, bit, there's a fair bit of dog sharing. It is so hasty. <laughs> Whoops, sorry Stu, I cut you off there. But that's only because I'm dying to get back to that quirky story about uh, the history of America Ground. So that storm that Stu was talking about, it happened in 1287. Yes, 
very centuries ago. But it wasn't until the 1820s that the area started to get populated. And that was when a large itinerant workforce migrated into the town. And they migrated because they were needed to help build, um, amongst other things, the new town of St. Leonard's, which was built by James Burton. And it was reported that they arrived, they took possession without leave, license or interference, They built houses, shanties, warehouses and all other erections for which they paid no rent or consideration. It became a no man's land and it became independent of any law or order. And when challenged, the inhabitants hoisted up the American flag, which was very much a symbol of independence at the time. For some reason, I've been having loads of uh, chats with locals about uh, America Ground and its history. It's a lovely spot. It takes in Robertson Street, Carlisle Parade and Claremont. And the two fingers that the inhabitants of America Ground back in the day put up to the powers that were... It's, as Stu says, it's really typical of, a, of, a, of an independent streak, which is very characteristic of Hastings. You can just imagine a couple of blokes uh, back in the day going, Hey, hey, did you hear? They're banging on about wanting us to pay taxes again. Ah, not that old chestnut. Don't they realise we are never going to do that? Listen. Stick that American flag in the ground there. That'll teach them. Yeah, no respectable member of the smuggler, thieves and vagabond class would ever dream of paying the crown. I think Stu and Danielle are about, I don't know, 200 years too late. They've missed the let's hoist up the American stars and stripes and claim independence boat. By the way, Stu was sat here chewing the cud with me while his co-director Danielle was beavering away inside with only the house dogs for company. Just saying, Stu. Anyway, if any of you guys fancy a perch by the church, you's nowhere to go. So, many, many thanks to my terrific guests this week. That's Nadia of Falafel and More and Stu of Stooge Coffee. So please like, review, share and subscribe. Till the next time, which is in two weeks' time, when we take a look at the local burlesque scene. So till then, sláinte and take care.